We've been in this series called Home for Christmas, started last Sunday. In fact, I want you to go to our key scripture with me while you're getting ready, and uh, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be up on the screens, though you're on the online campus, you'll see it there on your monitors, your phones. But we've been talking about Jesus making his home in us. And I know that Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 doesn't look like a Christmas text, but it really is. And I want to declare those words that the Apostle Paul, through the power of the Holy Spirit, declared to those believers in Ephesus when he said this, Ephesians 3.16, let's start there. He said, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he, Jesus, will empower you with inner strength through his Spirit. Verse 17, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. Okay, everybody, let's go to verse 17 again. I'll, uh, put that up on the screen, everyone. We'll go to verse 17. I want you to read those words that I have underlined out loud. Come on, let's, let's say it together. Y'all ready? Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're looking for the gospel of what Jesus wanted to accomplish, that's it that he could actually dwell inside the heart of every person that would follow him, trust him, believe him. He wants everybody to do that. And that's what Christmas is. And here's what Jesus is saying. Christ came to make his home in us so that we could be at home with him. How many of you know all of this goes away? There's eternity with him. And the only thing he wanted... He did not want judgment to come on the creation that he made. He wanted eternal life to come on, so he made a way of escape from that sin and that judgment, and he says, let me make my home in you, in your heart, so that you can be at home with me. How many thank God we don't sit in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, is what the word says. Amen? We're at home with him. Here's the deal, though. I don't know about the rest of you. But I can promise you the thing that the enemy does to us is he tells us that we are never worthy for Christ to make his home in us. And even after believers get saved, they go around with this, oh, I'm so unworthy, unworthy, I'm unworthy, unworthy. Okay, I know you're unworthy, but you're not worthless for crying out loud. And so we never think that Jesus would ever want to enter into this temple, this tabernacle, this body, this spirit, this mind, this attitude of Sam Rifko, we think we never could because it's never good enough and we're not worthy. Well, how many remember last week's message when we first started out? We discovered that that's what God is into doing all the time. He chooses ordinary people. He chooses the nobodies. Remember how we talked about mundane Mary? Mary was just a teenage peasant poor girl. And what makes her most so extraordinary? What makes her so extraordinary was that she was very ordinary. Poor, broke family, teenage girl, and God says, that's what I want. And we think, well, he'd never come. He would never, ever want to make his home me. And then look who God announces the birth of Christ to first. A bunch of stinky, smelly, secluded shepherds that were the ones despised by the religious crowd of that day ceremonially unclean, God would never use them because their lifestyle is so bad. And Jesus comes to them 
first with the announcement. God comes to them first with the announcement of Jesus Christ's birth. How many know if God can use them, God can use Pastor Sam, then he can use you. Amen? So today is Jesus wants to come in and live in you, but the reality is, is you really have to make room for him. Did you, did you read what he says? He said, Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Can, can I add it just, just to that? That you've got to keep making room for him in every area of your life. You've got to make room. You've got to give him room. Some of us go around saying, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And then there's some of us that behave as if Jesus is not worthy to come in your house because you don't need him in those rooms. You want to control the house. I have a word for you. When Jesus wants to come home for Christmas, when Jesus, would you just give him run of the house? I mean, give him every closet, every room, every drawer in your soul. Let him have the remote for crying out loud. Let him run the thermostat. Let him have run of the house. Because what some of us are doing is, is we are not allowing him you say you're worthy, but you really are not allowed. You don't think he's worthy enough to come in because you've got control of the situation. Really, what we want to talk about today is let's make room for Jesus Christ. And I know when some of you are thinking, you're going, okay, I know where he's headed. And you are so wise. You have the spirit of discernment. You have the word of knowledge. I'm going to talk to you about the innkeeper. Because sometimes we feel like that he did not want to give him any room. So let me give you a couple of lessons. We're going to learn some lessons today, and I want to give you three of them very quickly. But here's the first lesson I want to give you is would you just make room for Jesus? Just make room for Jesus. Can you say, everybody say that out loud with me real quick? Make room for Jesus. I know you think you're unworthy, but sometimes you don't think he's worthy enough to come in. So let's, uh, 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 let, let, let's, let's go to the scripture in Luke chapter 2. And let's look at the story just for a moment. Uh, Luke 2, verse 1, it says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius, the governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David because he belonged to the house of the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to the, her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. Because, because, everybody, what was it? Because there was no room for them in the inn. Isn't that amazing, the innkeeper? We don't know anything about him. We just know he existed and there was no room in the inn. That's all we know about this guy, no room. And, and we, we get it. You know, we don't know much about this innkeeper, but we do know this enough that it obviously was very busy at that time. He was, I mean, the dude was hustling. Everybody's getting registered. Uh, mandate goes out. You got to take the census, got to be a part of it. Go register your families. He's busy. His little, his little inn is packed. He's checking in bags, checking in people, carrying bags, valet parking the donkeys. He's got to do all of it, you know. He's got to do clean up and everything. He's doing everything. He's just hustling, 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 hustling. And, 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 and that could be true. 
that, that, could, be, that could be very true. It, it, obviously, he probably was extremely busy at the time. I mean, everybody's just piling in there. And sometimes I wondered if he, if he really knew what was going on at the time. He may have discovered later on what was happening, but could you imagine after he looked back in retrospect and realizing this was the Messiah and the word starts getting around and he finally finds out who his guest actually was? You know what he might have been thinking? He'd been thinking, if I'd have just known, if I would have just known she was carrying the Messiah, the Son of God, Christ child, if I would have just known... I'd have given him my own bed for crying out loud. If I'd have, how many of you ever had those if I'd have just known moments? If I'd have just known. If I'd have just known, I'd have sold my house last year and now it's turning down on the interest. If I'd have just known. How many of you have been playing that one? If I'd have just known. If I'd have just known. How many of you ever played that with? If I'd have just known Apple was going to do what it's done. I'd have bought the stock when it first went public. How many of you ever played If I'd have just known. If, I, if I'd have just known those jalapenos were going to be that hot, I would have never ordered the burrito. <laughs> have you ever been there? If I'd have just known. Here's what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to ever play this if I'd have just known. If, if I'd have just known time was going to run out for me, I just didn't know it would pass this quick. I'd, I'd have spent more time with my family. I'd, I'd, have, I'd have been a little nicer to that person. I'd have been a little kinder. If I'd have just, if I'd have just known... We all play it if I'd just known. Some of us look back at our lives and we play it if I'd just known. If I'd just known making that one decision, if I'd have just known that, that my sin and disobedience would have taken me further than I wanted to go, if I'd have just known that when I did that, I'd have to stay there in that bondage longer than I wanted to stay, if I'd have just known I was going to have to pay more than I had to pay, if I'd have just known, I'd have never made. How many of you ever played that if I'd have just known? If I'd have just known. Hindsight's always 2020, everybody. It's 2020, isn't it? And we can play these if I'd have just known moments all the time. But there's a now moment right now where you need to let him in. And maybe everything's just kind of getting so busy, such a hustle that all of a sudden you might, maybe that innkeeper came to a place where he was so busy and he didn't allow things to come in and just and, and, and allow Jesus in. He'd have given him his bed. He'd give him run out of the house. He'd have run, emptied the place if we'd have just known. So can I tell you, don't take today's message and take the word of God today and just pass by it because I promise you, if you don't act on it, you will live. If I'd have just known, I'd have made the decision on that very day when pastor preached that message to follow Jesus Christ. If I'd have just known, you got first lesson is always make room for Jesus Christ. But I want to look at this just a little bit more, just a little deeper, because sometimes, you know, the innkeeper, all we know is there was no room. We don't know anything about him. And we have a tendency, how I many we kind of diss the old innkeeper? Yeah. Jerk. We do that. Always in a hurry, didn't care, always wanted to make money. Well, it, it, it may have been. We don't know him, so it, it could have been. It might have been, but did he? Was he really just busy? and didn't care about them and put them in a, in a dump? Did he? We don't know for sure. We don't know for sure because some theologians suggest that the innkeeper may have well been the only friend that Mary and Joseph and the Christ child really had that night. Might have been. And the reason why they speculate is because tradition suggests that the, 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 it wasn't really just a stable, that it was a cave near the end 
where they spent the night. It was a, a cave, and for good reason, that where they might have been there. Because the hotels back then, okay, are not what you're thinking today, all right? You know, I don't like roughing it. My idea of roughing it's no reservations, okay? This is roughing it. The hotels are not, this is not the Ritz-Carlton. This is not the Savoy in London. This, you know, the hotels back then were probably, they said, probably just these little two-floor structures, just two floors. And the guests would normally stay on the top level and the first level of the inns was where they usually housed all the animals where the, uh, the travelers traveled on. And they would keep them there. So that's where most of the animals were and the people were up there. And those hotels back then were usually very cold. And because the animals were on the first floor, uh, you know, heat rises. <laughs> so it was, <laughs> it was very smelly. And on that particular night, it would have been very busy very crowded, very noisy. So you have a packed place, smelly, stinky, maybe cold, a lot of noise. How many know this was not a place for a woman to give birth in? But there was another thing that Bethlehem afforded as another possibility. Uh, built on the ridge of limestone, the, to the town had these numerous caves, and some of those caves were actually used as stables. That's what they were used. And some some, some speculate that's what, the, that's what Christ was in. And they weren't much better, you know, for the expected mother. They weren't much better, but at least it was a quieter place. The crowd was not around. They didn't have to hear all of the pain she would go through. And it was a little bit more privacy. Yeah, albeit cold, but it might have been a little bit warmer. So when, when, when you look at it in that respect... It may just have been that the image of the innkeeper totally changes. Where in fact you find him not as some mean guy just trying to make money, hustle and bustle, which could have been happened as well, which some people do and they never make room for Jesus. But it may have been that he was very compassionate and very kind. And he knew that this was the wisest and loving choice that he could do just to make room for this woman who's getting ready to have a baby. You know, when you look at it that way, some people say, I want to make room for Jesus, but you're not doing like the innkeeper. If, he did, if this is what happened, you're not giving Jesus just what you have and just giving him the best and the wisest choice. That could be the perspective of it. Some people don't think about it this way, but that could have actually been what happened. And so my point is, is this is give God what you have. <clears throat> it might not be much. It might not be much. It might be something you say, well, this looks smelly, stinky. It's, 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 not, it's not much. But can I tell you, inside of that little damp, dark place with the stench maybe of animal excrement, can I tell you that his glory can actually fill what you give him? And the reason Jesus doesn't move in is because you won't let him and give him what you have. Maybe the reason your finances are so poor is you've never let his glory move into your poverty. Maybe the reason we always feel like we're running out of time, I run out of time, I just don't have time, I don't have time for church. I just don't have time for church. I don't have time, I don't have time to take you on a date, dear. I don't have time, I just don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time. Maybe the reason we don't have time is maybe we're not giving him the time we have. Maybe if we gave him time to spend in his word, Maybe if we gave him time to have a conversation with him in prayer. 
Maybe if we gave him time to be in the house of God, my Bible tells me that he's able to redeem the time you give him. And when you're sitting there going, oh, I'm, just, I'm just so busy, I'm, I'm just so busy. I get it, I'm, I'm very busy. The world, as I say, is run by tired people. But I've made a decision, I'm going to give him my time to talk with him. I'm going to give him my time to have conversation. I'm gonna give him time so I can read his word and instructions for my life. And when you start giving him the time, don't say, I don't have time. You do have time. You, it, you, you. Pastor, I, I just don't have time to be at church. You have time. It's just what your priority is. You can make time. I, no, Pastor, you don't understand my life. So no, if I told you that Pastor was going to pay for you and your family a free trip for two weeks to Hawaii on the beach, but we got to leave today, You'd be packing right now. You'd be packing. You make time for what you want to make time for. Give him what you have. See, we're always saying we don't have these things, and could this innkeeper actually been loving and kind and giving God? Maybe this morning you didn't feel like worshiping. Maybe you didn't feel like praising God because you're actually going through pain and you're sitting there questioning God and you say, I don't understand why I'm having to go through this to be such a loving God. Can I, can I encourage you to do something that in the midst of all the stench of what you're going through, would you just give him what you have if it's just a praise the Lord, if it's just a hand raise, if it's just thank you, Jesus, and watch his glory fill your pain and fill the brokenness in your life? Just give him what you have. You've got to make room for him. And maybe the reason why God is not touching you and, and, and blessing you is because you're not giving to, to him. Give him your bitterness. Give him the pain. Give him every bit of it today. If you'll just give it to him, you say, yeah, but I'm not sure. Do not play if I'd have only known what pastor said was right. Why waste more time? Why waste more energy? Why waste your worship? Why, why waste this situation and say, God, I'm going to give it to you. If I'd have only known, I'd have given him the run of the house. So I'll, I'll just step up front. Give him all your brokenness. Give him all your sin. Give him all your past. Give him your time. Give him your wealth. Give him your attitude. Give it all and let his glory fill that place where you think God cannot do anything. He'll do something with it if you'll just start giving him the room because he's worthy to step into those areas. Mm. Maybe that old innkeeper really was a wise person and gave him what I had, let him move in. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lesson one. Everybody say, what is it? Make room for Jesus. Let's say it. Make room for Jesus. Lesson number two, you ready for this? Make room for others. Make room for other people. Think about this. The innkeeper's story is about preparing a place not just for the Son of the living God, God with skin on, not just Messiah, the Redeemer, Jesus Christ, but the story is also about making room for other people. It was Mary and Joseph that he made room for. It made room for all the other people that had to register. This story also says make room for other people. So here's the deal, everybody. Guess what you and I are? You know what we really are? We are innkeepers. We're the innkeepers. Are we too busy to let him move in? Or can I give him what I do have and watch his glory fill it? See, we're innkeepers, and sometimes we're busy, we're filled up, we just don't have time. Just like we make choices with time, can I tell you, 
Who we prepare for in our lives is always a choice. And you never know. You never know who God will bring into your life. Have you ever noticed that Jesus' life was a ministry of interruptions? He was constantly interrupted all the time. He did not have outlook planned out and designed. No, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We've got a staff meeting here. No, 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 no. You look at his ministry. It was people interrupting him all the time. Divine interruptions from God. You've got to make room for other people. Now, just in your mind for a moment. Let's have... How many of you ever like to say, boy, I'd love to talk to so-and-so? I mean, there may be some movie star, great business person. How many of you that? Boy, I, I wish I could have a conversation. You ever done that game before? No. Oh. I want you in your mind to play the game with me, but let's have a table. Sit, okay? You're all getting ready to get, have everybody over home for Christmas, okay? So have the table all set for Christmas in your mind, okay? Ladies can do this better than men. You just got a bag from McDonald's and you're sitting down. But ladies, in your mind, you got the whole table planned out. So I want you to prepare a table in your mind. Now, I want you to imagine all the people, famous people, if you want to, around your table that are going to enjoy Christmas with you. Come on, put them all over there. You know, what movie star you want to talk to? What business, great business mogul do you want to talk to? You know, uh, who's this influence, influential artist that's out there singing? Uh, you know, who is it? Just put them around the table. I'd just love to have a conversation with them for a moment, okay? Everybody's around, okay? Pick all the family members around, okay? They're all sitting there, y'all. You're ready to enjoy Christmas. Now, all of a sudden, in walks somebody you just cannot stand, and they sit beside you. Well, you got it all planned out. This is what God does with his people. He will stretch your capacity to take in people you cannot stand. You know, sometimes you got to be careful at church. We may not be as tolerant as we think we are. Who knows? Maybe we're the only 3,000 people like us in all of Grand Rapids. We haven't let anybody else into this place. I mean, it's all right. I, I love being here, but just think about it. Sometimes we learn from the people we cannot. I learn the most from people I can't stand. My enemies have taught me more than my friends have. Because sometimes my friends won't tell me the truth about Sam, the things that may be hindering him, but an enemy has no problem pointing out my faults that a friend doesn't have the courage to tell me about. Oh, nod your head, say amen, pastor. It's true. It's true. So I'll never grow if God never allows us. I'm honest with you. Can I tell you that sometimes suffering and difficult people have made me stronger when they stepped into my life. And here's the deal. Be prepared to treat them in a way you never expected. Make room for other people at the table. So, so let me ask this. What if, what if you treated every single person you met on any given day as if God put them there for a reason beside you. How are we doing, everybody? I mean, just think about the people. Make room. Let God increase your capacity to bring and make room, not just for Jesus, but for other 
people that he may be trying to develop something in you to reach them that you never dreamed you could reach. So that cashier, come on, that cashier you had the other day, whether she says, have a nice day, or whether she's sitting there silently and you can't get the card reader to read properly and your pen's not going in and you can hear her rolling her eyes at you, at least say thank you and you walk up and she doesn't say thank you, you just go, you're welcome. Perhaps God actually put that person, that cashier, into your life. God put her there. That man that day, that innkeeper that day, I guarantee you he had some belligerent people. He had some mean people. He had people that wanted the room. He had people that had the reservation and didn't get what they wanted. I promise you they were pushing and shoving, but he had room for Jesus Christ along with all the other different types of people. Can I tell you, that the Holy Spirit will use you and sometimes he will put people at your table that you never dreamed, that you cannot stand and actually he might be doing something through you to reach them so that they can experience the glory of God just like you. Right. promise you. Lesson one. What's lesson one, everybody? Make room for Jesus. Lesson number two from the innkeeper. Make room for others. And it may be people you can't stand. And here's lesson number three. Are you ready? Here is the lesson. This is going to knock you over. Just open the door. Open the door. Open, open the door. At least the innkeeper, at least he opened the door. How many other ends didn't open the door? You know that may not have been the first place he went to. How many others passed by? We don't hear about the other innkeepers that slammed him, but this guy at least opened the door. And you know why he opened the door? Because he heard a struggling young man with a pregnant wife on a donkey looking at him. And the only words this boy could get out with mist in his eyes, it was the word, please. Please. How many times do you think he was rejected and that man, that innkeeper, please. Come on, you know, you know Mary was worn out. You know Joseph was worn out. You know that donkey was worn out. <clears throat> Think about it. nine months pregnant, girls. Nine months pregnant on a donkey. You know how far they went? Probably, speculate, maybe up to 90 miles. <clears throat> 90 miles on a donkey. Not a camel. He couldn't even get her a two-humper camel. To <clears throat> couldn't get it done. But look at this. They go all the way, 90 miles, probably two weeks, worn out from the journey. Just absolutely worn out. And all he can get out is, please, please. And that guy opened the door. You know what I believe? I believe there's a lot of you that may be in this room that you're just worn out from the journey. You're just tired of the marriage. You're just tired of the next doctor's appointment. You're just tired of seeing the next bill in that says past due. You're staying awake, looking outside the window, seeing if the car is still there the next morning. And you're just worn out and worn out and worn out. Can I tell you that you have a heavenly father that he's waiting for you to come to him and just say, Father, please. 
And I will promise you that he will come to you and it may not be the way you want it, but if you'll call out to him, he will invade that darkness and he will get you through those dark times if you'll just cry out to the Lord with a please. Can I tell you, my friends, you can join Pastor Brendan and me and we're just saying please. Just fill this, just please fill it and he fills it. Please. He's waiting for some of you just to start crying out to God. Some of you are trying to fix it. Well, let me, if I can get to the bank account, well, if I can just get to this next counselor, if I can just get this, if we can just get this, if we can just adjust this, if we can just hold off on this, if we can just push this off this way. No, no, can, can you stop just for a moment and quit trying to fix all of it yourself? And he's wanting you to do just like Joseph and come to the door just, and he will just, just say, please. He's waiting for you to cry out to him. I love Psalm 34, verse 17. He says, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for what, everybody? For help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Some of you, your spirits are crushed. You've been in a long journey, and all God's waiting for you is to finally come to him and say, Lord, please, I surrender everything to you now. Please. But you know what? It's not just, it's, some of us, it's not us saying please. How many of you know Jesus is on the other side of the door saying, please, please let me in. Please let me help. Please let me come alongside you. Mary and Joseph knocked at that door of the innkeeper, and I promise you Jesus is banging at the door today saying, just open the door. Don't you love that Revelation 3.10 when Jesus says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. He's saying, I want to stay a while. Please let me in. Let me in. Some of you may not want to let him in. Some of us don't want to let him in because we're afraid of what he's going to find when we let him in the house. Or not just Jesus, other people who want to help you come in the house. We won't let him in. We just won't let him in. You just think you're... You know, a lot of us are like the, like the little boy who was in the Christmas play and he, and he tried out for the part of Joseph and he got turned down and he wound up with the innkeeper and he was so mad because he wanted to be Joseph, he wanted the special part. He got to be the innkeeper and finally he thought, I'm going to ruin this play. I'm going to ruin it for everybody. So when Joseph and Mary come to the door, they knock at the door. Joseph says, is there any room in the inn? And the little kid playing the innkeeper says, yeah, we got plenty of room. Come on in. The little boy playing Joseph, he was a quick thinker. He stopped for a moment, stuck his head inside the door, looked around, and he says, I'm not about to bring my wife into a dump like this. Come on, Mary, we're going to the barn. <laughs> and that's what some of you feel. Some of you feel like, Pastor, if you really knew me, if Jesus really knew me, he wouldn't want to come into a dump like this. He wouldn't want to come in. Don't try to clean it up. Just let him on in. Just clean it up. Come on. All the ladies in here, you, you really like to make sure everything looks just right when everybody comes, right? You got all the right towels that your husband can't use. Now the guests get to use, right? You got everything. Got the candle out there now, right? Got the candles. You got all the Christmas decorations. Everything's just perfect, right? Everything's going really good, really good. Everything's awesome. You know, everything looks perfect. Brenda's mom was just that exact same way. She wanted, she loved having family over. Anna, she just loved to entertain. She loved to host. And this is no lie. Before the guests would come over, she would make her dad, Charles, this is no lie. She would make him pull 
the refrigerator in the kitchen out and clean under the refrigerator and push it back in before the guests came like she thought they were going to get under there. That is no lie. She wanted everything to be so perfect. And when the guests finally come over, Charles would actually do this. He said, come here. And he would pull that refrigerator out for all the guests. He would. He'd pull it out. He said, if I have to clean under this fridge because you're coming over, you're going to see the job I just did. And, he, and then he'd push it right back in. That's what he'd do. <laughs> we do that with our homes, but you know what? Sometimes we do it with our soul and what's in our mind. We do it with our addictions. We do it with the things that nobody can see. And we are going, you know, I can get this fixed. I, I can get out of this. I can clean this mess up. We play that all the time because you want to get it just right. And here's the deal. Like the innkeeper, you got to let him have all of it. I don't care how stinky it is. I don't care how bad it is because what happens is, is not only we do not let Jesus in, but you want to let other people in the body of Christ into your life that'll help you fix your marriage, but you're too prideful to let people or Jesus in to help you fix the things that they probably had to go through and fix themselves and Jesus helped them. But you won't let anybody in because you need everybody to think we got the perfect Christian marriage. Open the door. He's saying, please let me in. You've been dealing with that addiction over and over and over but you won't let anybody in. You won't let nobody in. He's saying, let me in the door, please. He'll fix it. Let people of God and God himself, Jesus with skin on, come on into the problem and let him fix it. Because here's what he does. He doesn't care how stinky. He doesn't care how broken. He doesn't care how worthless. All he's looking for is someone who believes he has the power and the glory and the worth to come in and fix it. So open the door. Let him in. Because here's what happens. That's what the stable represents that the innkeeper gave to them. That's what it represents. That in the stink, the smell, all the mess, every bit of it, that stable, that very stable has become the most important, the most beautiful symbol of the world, of the glory of God filling the tough places that we would never let him into. That is the symbol of the stable. That is the symbol of that place the innkeeper gave, is that when you give it to God, he comes in and it becomes the most beautiful symbol of here's what God can do when you just let him in. Just let him in. Let him in. Let him in. Let him into your past. And even let godly people help you get into this. Some of you, you won't even let a believer here, we'll help you with budgeting here. Did you know that? But some people don't want us to let them see their finances. Let's keep this secret. When God could come in and begin to show you how to be blessed if you'll just follow his word. Oh, how many thank God he's moved into you, he's moved into me, and the greatest glory is going to come out of us in all the mess, all the stink. Come on, just make room for Jesus.